Jesus wouldn't answer and she kept asking and asking. And finally, in verse 26, Jesus says, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And, and the, the woman's answer, I love this, even the dogs eat from the crumbs of their master's table. And, and before we move on to the rest of the message, notice this, would you please, her dependence on Jesus when she accepted the place of the dog and Jesus the master. She accepted the place of, I will be under the master. Even the dogs, she, what is she saying? Fine, you'll be master. Fine, I'll be dog. That's, that's fine. Because even the dogs eat at, 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 from the crumbs of the master's table. She was completely fine with that. She was saying, I'm completely dependent upon you. Even if all I get is crumbs, it'll come from you. Even the crumbs are coming from you. Oh, there's so much there. No wonder Jesus said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. He loved that. He marveled at her faith. And so Jesus is going to leave this area of Tyre and Sidon. If you could look at a map, and we had a map, and we don't have a map, but uh, the Sea of Galilee, and up here on the northwest corner along the Mediterranean Sea would be the area of Tyre and Sidon, what we would call Lebanon right now. And Jesus comes back down from Tyre and Sidon. He kind of goes along the northern route over the Sea of Galilee and down onto the eastern shore of Galilee into the area of Decapolis. And this is where we're going to pick up tonight where he is. And it's, it's an interesting uh, route that he took. Um, it's not a normal route that we have ever seen here. And, but he takes this route and he comes in. And on the eastern side of uh, the Sea of Galilee is, is the Golan Heights. It's those mountains all along the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. It is, it is where one of the hotels that we stayed at for, uh, for several days there, right on the, at the foot of the Golan Heights, right on that eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. It was there my brother and I were walking to supper, side note, and it was getting dusk, and, or kind of getting, yeah, dusk, dark, and you, we could see somebody along the sea there. They had they had a fire going, and uh, of course we're going to supper. And you know he's an idiot, and uh, in the best sense of the way, as my brother, I can say that. And he says, "Children, have you any meat?" And I'm like, "Oh my word, stop, stop!" And he has a big, loud voice, and you know I don't know if they thought, "Oh great," you know. But uh, so we were headed off there to to supper that night and right there. And they told us just down a little way, there was that that big hillside that they believed uh, this takes place here in chapter 15. Was it? Who knows? The Lord knows. We don't know. Those that were there that are now in heaven, they know, okay. But we don't know which way it was. Here's what I learned in Israel. If there was a Catholic church planted there, it wasn't where it happened. That's what I came to the assumption of. It was probably somewhere else. And, uh, but here he is. This is where he is at, where we pick up in chapter 15. And uh, in verses 30 through 31, Jim read the text. And here it is. The multitude find the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 30. And the great multitudes came unto him. I'm sorry. I do this all the time. Verse 29, Jesus departed from thence, came nigh into the Sea of Galilee, went up into a mountain and sat down there. Okay, maybe a little rest. Verse 30 now. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame and blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast, uh, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So you see the people knew, heard Jesus was there, and they began bringing these people to Jesus. 
And they said they're bringing him to his feet and they left him there with Jesus and he healed them. And really, isn't that our job just to bring people and leave them at the feet of Jesus? It just bring him to Christ. It's that easy. Let him do the rest of it because we can't do it anyway. Amen. All we can do is be faithful and bring them. And so he, they brought them to Jesus. And the Bible says that he taught them and he healed them. And the people wondered. And notice this here. The people glorified, verse 31, the God of Israel. They glorified the God of Israel. This is a very interesting uh, thing to me because at the other feeding of the 5,000 and other places, you don't really see that phrase that they glorified the God of Israel because the crowd was usually a Jewish crowd. I really believe this was a Gentile crowd. The Bible said he was going to the areas of Decapolis. What are those areas? Those are those 10 cities on the eastern, on the eastern side uh, over of the Sea of Galilee. It was a Gentile uh, area, and no doubt this was probably a heavily Gentile multitude that was, that was here listening to him. He had just come from Tyre and Sidon that was Gentile. He healed that Gentile girl, and now here he is ministering among more Gentiles. And as far as we can tell, actually this is really the last time that Jesus ministers to Gentiles. And it was a very short, a very short uh, ministry he had there. And so there, the multitude has found the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 32, this is, this is wonderful to me, is that Jesus has compassion. The multitude has been there for three days uh, with Jesus and their food was gone. And notice some of the statements that Jesus makes. It says in uh, verse 32, and Jesus called the disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Notice these two just emphatic statements that Jesus made. I have compassion. I have compassion. Aren't you, aren't you thankful for the compassion of God and the compassionate Lord Jesus Christ? And notice this other emphatic statement. I will not send them away fasting. He wasn't going to do it. He said, it's not happening. It's not happening. I love this in Psalm 38, 34 and verse 8. The Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. What am I talking about tonight is the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our God is a compassionate God. In Psalm 73, this was a psalm written by Asaph. He said, Truly God is good to Israel. Now watch this. Even which means, be, you know, namely, especially, maybe even beyond what he is saying, even to such as are of a clean heart. Not just Israel. It goes beyond Israel. God is good to, to us. God is good to his creation. Isaiah 54, 10, the Bible says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills shall be removed. He's talking about the judgment against Israel and what is going to come to pass. He says, The mountains shall depart, and, and the hills shall be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from me, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Wow. As all that Israel did, all that they did against God and all of their adulteries and their spiritual adulteries and their idolatry and their walking away from God. God says, hey, judgment's coming, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. He's going to bring them, he's going to bring them in again. Listen, Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David one of these days. 
and he's going to fulfill that. In Jonah 4.2, Jonah said he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? Was I not when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before Tarshish, for I knew, I knew. I love this. Jonah, the worst missionary, I think, that ever went out. He, he said, I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of the evil. Jonah said, I knew it. That's why I didn't want to go, because I hate these people, right? How many would support that missionary? I might support him just because he's honest, right? I don't know. But, Can I tell you this tonight, the God of heaven is a compassionate God. He's a loving God. He's a good God. He is a merciful God. He is a kind God. Boy, that, I tell you, if anything should mark us, shouldn't that mark us? If, the, if this God indwells us, may God help us to be kind. You know, there's a lot of jerks out there that claim, that I'm so, maybe that's not a good word to use, that claim the name of Christ. They're just, they're just mean. They're just ugly. Ugly to people. Yeah. It's not who God is. Merciful and good and loving. The compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. This compassion right here in our chapter here is calling for a miracle. His compassion just calls for a miracle here in verses 32 through 35. The, the multitude, they needed to eat, Brother Jim. Could you imagine three days and running out of food? If you don't eat, you'll die. <laughs> are you, you're not getting any close, are you? You're still eating. Good. Amen. Me either. We, we'd, go a, we'd go a month. A, we had an old pastor of ours who'd say, well, I'll tell you what, if there's ever a famine come, they're going to hang me because they said, I think I caused it. You know, he had a big belly on him and ate, you know. <laughs> Yeah, This multitude right here, they needed to eat. They hadn't eaten for three days. They were out of food. Watch, they still had to get home. If you looked at the, the area of the Golan Heights and if they lived on the other side of those, those mountains there, man, that's, that's a little bit of a walk when you're hungry. Yeah. How many walked to school? It was miserable. I had a mile and a quarter in, I think, fourth and fifth, third and fourth grade. Fourth grade, mile and a quarter. That walk at the end of the day was the worst walk in the world. I was hungry. It was cold. Oh, there was, it, was, it was awful. It was only a mile and a quarter, you know. And, uh, and it wasn't uphill both ways. <laughs> My dad told me he walked to school five miles. And I believed him. You know, you're supposed to believe your parents. You know, you'd think they'd be honest. And... Uh, my grandmother said something. Yeah, Dad, what, five miles or something? No, he walked across the field. <laughs> over to Clay Hill, right over there, you know. Okay. And it was flat. There wasn't a hill anywhere. I mean, it was flat. They had to get home. They're hungry. And the compassionate Jesus is concerned about them before they leave. Yeah. You see in verse 32 there again, he called his disciples. He said, I have compassion on them. Verse 30, he said, I won't, I'm not going to send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples said unto him, when should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill a great multitude? They couldn't call Grubhub or what's, I don't know, half, there's so many of these delivery. You can have food delivered, not where we live. DoorDash, that's it, DoorDash. I don't think they even, Google hasn't found us yet, thankfully. And... Uh, but you can't do that. You can't put everybody on a bus like the ball team and take them to McDonald's after the game. 
Watch it. There's no way to there's no way to, to do to do this. So the disciples have a question for Jesus. It's really a really sensible question. Uh, there's a lot of people here. Where are we going to get the food to feed this many people? Did you notice this, though, that Jesus doesn't answer their question? I love this. He asked them how much food they actually have. I don't know if you've noticed this in your life, but so many times Jesus, and, and you see it in the Word of God, so many times Jesus didn't answer the question, listen please, because he was about to show them that he was the answer. He was the answer. Can I? No, no, he's still the answer to today, is he not? He's still the answer tonight. Whatever questions you've come in to this place with tonight, I can tell you with all assurance that Jesus is the answer. You say, oh, it's not that simple. Yes, it is. It is. How shall I, how am I going to afford this, Jesus? How, how, how are we going to survive this, Jesus? How, 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 which way should we go? I'm at a crossroad. Where are we going to go? Jesus, right? How long should we stay here? Well, for at least 30 minutes. No, Jesus, right? How much should we give? Give it all. No, Jesus. No, he's the answer. He's still the answer for every aspect of our life. And he doesn't answer their question, right? He is going to show them that he is the answer to the question. So he asked them a question. Well, how much do you have? <laughs> do you really think Jesus needed a ledger to show them? All right, here we go. Well, we got, you know, seven loaves and two fish. Oh, okay. Now, if we do this, you know, they didn't sit down and have a huddle over over the ledger, right? I I don't think he really needed that. Amen. Yeah. Do you realize that sometimes Jesus wants us to realize how little we have against how great the need is? I think sometimes Jesus wants to show us how small, how, how little we have against the gargantuan need. I think he likes to let us see that. I really do. Yeah. I want you to give. Really? I want you to give. How much do you have? <laughs> this? That's, that's like it, like coins. I want you to give them everything in your billfold. <laughs> I've got rent tomorrow. Right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, you got a gargantuan need and you've got this little thing here. I want you to preach. Uh, how much do you know? Not much. <laughs> Not much. Yeah. I want you to reach this person. How much courage do you have? None. You know I can't talk. Remember Moses? You, you know I'm slow of speech. I have a slow tongue. You know I can't do this, right? Then watch what he does. When we see how little we have against how great the need is, Jesus can show us once again that he's all we need. He is the supply of the need. It's him. Amen. It is absolutely him. He asked them the question, how much do you have? And it's not enough. It's not. Can I tell you whatever we have would never be enough for what God wants us to do? I don't care how much you amass up. Listen, if, you, if you're a multimillionaire, it's never enough to reach the world with the gospel. If you have uh, the, the most brilliant mind, it's never enough to come to the depths of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never enough, friend. It's never enough. 
And so what Jesus does is he makes them sit, sit down in verse 35. I really love this. I really do. He says, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. I love this. Why? Because it's not a sack lunch for the ride home. He's not just giving them a little something. It's not a package of, say, uh, like I got yesterday, of 12 pretzels in a little bitty sack that is, uh, you know, for a 2,800-hour flight from somewhere, right? It's not the two cookies they give you. And you're like, oh, these are wonderful. And uh, But it's like, man, I'm hungry. And you're looking through that little curtain at first class, and, man, they got, like, turkeys out there and the stuff. I mean, it's like, it looks like Thanksgiving in third, first class, man. And it's like, here's your cookie. I, they were passing out cookies. I said, you don't have anything salty, do you? No. Nah. No. I'm like, well, that was quick. Finally, the stewardess, she was very nice. She's like, let me go. She came back with two bags of pretzels. She was really nice. She was really nice. Jesus made them sit down. Why? Because they weren't, they weren't going to just eat and run. He wasn't just giving them a little snack. He wasn't going to stuff a little MRE in their backpack and let them be on the way. He sat them down. Why? They're, watch. They're going to get enough, right, that it was going to take a little time to eat it. I think he wanted them to sit down for a little while. It's nothing real deep here. I think he just wanted them to rest. They're getting ready to go home. They're going to eat. Hey, watch, they're going to eat till they're full, and then he's going to let them go. Right? Rest. Relax. Enjoy the food. Yeah. You ever grab something on the way to when you're late to work? What was that? <laughs> Some game we played. Something you grab on the way out the door, and our son-in-law said bacon. <laughs> We're like, I mean, it's good, but who really grabs bacon on the way out the door? Like a handful of bacon. Although I probably have. Yeah. Bacon. That's a good answer. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Watch. Don't, don't miss these little things here. He sat them down. They're going to relax. They're going to rest. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to enjoy what Jesus is about to do for them. Why? Because he has compassion. And he loves them. And he's concerned about them. Remember, I said this morning, he knows what we are. He says they're going to faint by the way. He knew there'd be some that would never make it home in a good physical condition if he just let them go off. And he didn't want that to happen. So look at verse 37. Leftovers. Anybody hate leftovers? Anybody eat them because you were commanded to by your parents and it just stuck? Anybody eat leftovers? Could you pay for it? Amen. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. Verse, where am I at? Good grief. 37. <laughs> Verse 36. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and broke them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. I've, I've, I've made point of this before. We won't uh, get here. Uh, I won't spend much time there again tonight. But I love this, that when he has bread for the world, he gives it to the, to the disciples and he's watch. He gives the disciples to the world. Can I tell you, we have the bread of life and he's given us to the world to bring that bread to them. Yeah. Hmm. Look at verse. And they, and they did all eat and were filled. I like that. They were full. They took up the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. And they that did eat were 4,000 men besides women and children. Pretty good meal. 
I want to point out just a couple things in this passage here in verse in verse in chapter 14. Back in chapter 14, there is the feeding of the 5,000. And I want you to see this because the Greek word there for the feeding of the 5,000 we're speaking of, it was a small wicker basket. It was a basket that the Jews would normally carry with them because they would be concerned if they were traveling, if they're away for some time, they wouldn't want to touch or eat anything unclean. They wouldn't want any Gentile food. So they'd have a little basket and they would bring their food with them. But the word here in Matthew 15, that Greek word, is a different word, and it's speaking of something that was much larger. It's, it means a re, it's a reed basket. It's a, a plated, woven basket, like what would be a lunch basket or a hamper. Yeah, it's bigger, a lot bigger. So there are larger baskets. Matthew 14, Jewish. Matthew 15, as far as we can tell, Gentile. Matthew 14, 5,000 fed, 12 baskets, small ones. Matthew 15, 4,000 fed, and seven large baskets. Now, you can make an application out of that if you want to. That's fine. I don't know what to say about that. I think it's kind of neat. There's a reason there's two different words there. One, I think, more uh, uh, solidifies the fact that this, this is a Gentile crowd. It is not the type of baskets that the Jews would have carried their dinner around with them. Kind of like us, us gluttonous Americans bringing our coolers to lunch. You ever see that? You remember when you were young and you had little knapsacks, and now you get older and it's like a cooler for lunch. It's like, wow, we're American. Bless God. Hey, maybe the Gentiles just had greater faith than those Jews, didn't they? Ate more, and they had more left over. I don't know. Yeah. But here's what I do know. God gives abundantly more than we can ask or think. He does more. He always does more. Listen, our salvation alone was more. It was more. So that's that's what's going on here. That's it. Pretty neat, huh? Fed 4,000 plus women and children. So you can tack on another 20,000. No. Let me bring this all together. Chapter 15 is kind of a food chapter. <laughs> Verses 1 through 9, Jesus said food doesn't defile. It's not what goes into the body, what comes out. In verses 21 through 28, he says uh, it's not good to give uh, the children's bread to the dogs. He said, well, even, even the dogs have crumbs. Food. Here in verses 29 through 39, bread and fish for the 4,000 plus women and children. It's kind of like a food chapter. It, it's, it's split up. There's a negative part of chapter 15. That's kind of for the Jews. There's a positive part of chapter 15. You can see that that was Gentiles. <laughs> yeah. Most of these people that have been with Jesus for three days, they're mostly Gentiles as far as we can tell. Somebody has pointed this out about Jesus' earthly ministry, and it applies to this, and this, this uh, is a part of it. That Somebody pointed out once that it seems to be like there's three stages to Jesus' earthly ministry. Galilee, Tyre, Sidon, Decapolis, number two, and then maybe you could say number three, Jerusalem. Maybe you could say it this way, Jews, Gentiles, 
and then whosoever will. See, in the scripture, as far as we can tell, this is the last time Jesus will minister to the Gentiles through the teaching and the healing and the miracles and the feeding. In chapter 14, it looks like it's the last time that Jesus ministers to the Jews in the same way. Healing, teaching, feeding, miraculous ways that way. And then at Jerusalem, he's going to complete his earthly ministry at Calvary. Watch this. At the completion of each stage of Jesus' ministry, if you wanted to divide these into three like this, Jesus leaves food for the people before he goes. He fed the 5,000, the Jews around Capernaum, Bethsaida. He leaves them with food before he left. Here are the 4,000, the Gentiles. He leaves them with food on, those east, on that eastern shore of Galilee. And then in Jerusalem, at the Last Supper, he leaves his church with a supper before he heads off to Golgotha. Food. Food. Why did he do this? Why did, why did Jesus do this pattern? I kind of wrote down here, the people he fed needed sustenance and strength for the journey. Not real deep, is it? <laughs> Amen. They needed food. Hey, do you remember Elijah? I just talked about Elijah and Jezebel, that whole debacle, right? Where he's depressed. Roloff said he went to Juniper Jungle. He had a pity party in Juniper Jungle, right? And he's sitting there, wished to die. What happened while he was there? Remember that angel that came to him? He woke up and there's food on a fire and there's a cruise of water by his head and he ate and went back to sleep woke up again that angel's there still cooking had more food did it a third time why because he had a 40 day journey that God told him to go on and he fed him and sustained him and provided for him so he could make the journey to meet God so it's really that simple God feeds his children so they can have strength for the journey. John 1, 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14, the Bible says <clears throat> that the Word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory as the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, saints, watch this. Before Jesus is about to go home, he made this promise. John 14, 16 through 17, I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And we know that came to pass, because he's in us tonight. Amen. Watch this. When Jesus concluded his earthly ministry... He left us bread for the journey. What was the bread? Himself. Right? John 6, 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. Right? 
How easy is this? I am the bread of life, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He has left what? Himself. How did he do that? Well, by the indwelling Spirit of God, number one. Number two, Martin already got it, his word. Jeremiah 15, 16, the words were found, and I did eat them. <laughs> I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. How many of you have a, have a, a, a normal Bible schedule, and you'll sit down in the morning, and you could be busy, and it can be on other things, and you've got your Bible, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you've got your coffee, because you have to have that, and you've got your Bible, and, and listen, and you, you, you sit down, and the moment you sit down and open it, there's like this joy that floods your soul. Oh, this is good. Three seconds before that, it wasn't there. I'm telling you. There's something about when you sit down, it's like, ah, oh, here it is. Yeah. Job said, I need thy word more than my necessary food. Yeah. Let me sum it up like this. God has given us a work to do. He's given us a work to do. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Amen. He's given us a work to do. And he has also given us the strength and the sustenance to do it. Why? Because he's a compassionate God. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. You would faint along the way. You wouldn't be able to accomplish it. What does the reverse of this mean? We can't accomplish what he gives us to do. It can be done. You weary? No, here's my question, and we're done. I'm going to finish up. Are you weary in the journey tonight? You tired? Feel like you want to faint? Feel like you want to go to bed and wake up in about 12 years? Roll over and try it again? Yeah. Are you weary? Are you walking in the Spirit? Well, I'm so tired. Are you walking in the Spirit? I'm so spiritually drained. Are you walking in the Spirit? Are you feasting on His Word? What am I saying? He's given us sustenance for the way. He's given us food to eat that'll keep us going the 40 days and 40 nights of the journey. Folks, there's plenty of food. It'll never run out. We can sit down and relax and feast on it and enjoy it and strengthen ourselves and get up and go and do what he's told us to do. The problem is some just step away from the table. Yeah. No, some people, they never, listen, they, they, they never have the rest in their soul. The, the Bible says, ask for the old paths and walk, there, walk you there. And for therein you shall find rest for your souls. There's rest for us. You know what some people have done? They don't have rest in their soul. They don't have rest in their spirit. They're all upset all the time. They're all anxious all the time. Why? Because they have been, been gorging on the husks of this world instead of on the world of God. Yeah. And it's easy. If we just push the cake away, well, that's hard. And get into the Word of God, you'd find the strength you're looking for. You hungry tonight? Two things. Walk in the Spirit. Get in the Word. Or let me say, I'll, okay, fine, I'll turn it around. Get in the Word. 
walk in the Spirit. You said it can't be that simple. It is. It really is. But just stop. Walk in the Word. Walk in the Spirit. And walk in the Word. There you go. There you go. How do you like that one? Walk in the Word. Walk in the Spirit. I'll change it up a little bit. The compassionate Lord Jesus Christ has provided for us for the journey of our Christian life called faith. There's plenty of food for the journey. What are you eating tonight? What are you eating? Our Father, what a beautiful passage. Thank you. We ask you to help us. We live in a world that is a buffet of garbage. And it's the easiest thing to find ourselves at the dessert bar instead of where the fruit and the vegetables and the meat and the good food is. It's at our fingertips. Junk. And we know what it's like physically to live a life of a bad diet. I mean, we just... the. The, the weariness and the, the problems and the sickness and the things that don't go away. And it, it just seems uncanny that it seems the same in the spiritual world. When we feast on the garbage of this world, more than we feast on your word that we're anemic and sickly and we just can't seem to accomplish what you want us to accomplish. God, would you help us tonight? Would you help us to have the appetite for thy word? I know this, the more we get in it, the more the appetite grows. Would you help us to do that tonight? Some may need to make a decision tonight to step away from the, 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 the garbage of this world and turn back to your word. Turn back to just walking in the spirit, walking in obedience to you. Would you help us to do that? If we're ever going to accomplish what you want us to do, we're going to be, need to be fed by you. We thank you that you provide such a wonderful meal. In Jesus' name, amen. You may pray where you are. The piano is going to pray, play, and you might. some people are praying already. When you're finished praying, would you stand? And we'll finish up here in a little bit. Take your time. What are you feeding on today?
Amen. What a good day today. Good to see everybody out. <clears throat> and uh, there's there's a real jokester in here. I'm not even going to give his their name. Oops, I gave it away. <laughs> 